a joyous celebration. Perhaps some of you had the chance to be out there in the back 40 when we uh, had our groundbreaking for our new Palm Center. It was an exciting, exciting moment, a uh, big step in the chapter in the life of this church, a new chapter for us. So we're delighted that uh, you could be a part of that if perhaps you had the chance to do so. Uh, we um, made an announcement at the 9 o'clock service, and perhaps some of you um, weren't there to hear that, and that is that uh, as excited as we are about this groundbreaking, and, and in fact, we've been planning this thing for months, and uh, excited to work alongside of our contractors and such, and, and uh, we are, we're fully expecting that when we put these shovels in the ground, uh, as we did about 20 minutes ago, that uh, like tomorrow the bulldozers would come in and put their shovels in the ground. So that was sort of the plan. Um, so we're, we're all ready. The contractors are ready. The architects are ready. Everybody's ready. Uh, but the county is not ready. So, um, so we're waiting to hear back from the county on uh, our permits. We have no reason to believe that they won't be approved. Uh, but there's a big backlog, lots of construction going around in Sarasota. And so we're waiting patiently. Or if you're the senior pastor, you're waiting very impatiently uh, for that flag the drop, and for us to get, uh, get started. So it's, it's been a big day, and it is uh, perhaps symbolic, right, for our series. It's bigger than you, and uh, the, a lot of the design, thought, dream, vision behind the Palm Center has been around uh, the fact that we want uh, our church to be bigger than us. We want it to be about our community. We want to open up another door so that other people can be a part of our life here in various means, and so it is uh, very, very uh, timely for us to be thinking about this new building in light of um, our vision to love God and love neighbor. So without further ado, I want to read the scripture for you this morning in this theme of It's Bigger Than You. And we are looking today at the story of Jesus. And Jesus is uh, beginning his ministry. And uh, Luke, the gospel writer, begins uh, that journey with Jesus in uh, the fourth chapter as Jesus comes to his hometown. So let's hear the word of God as it comes to us from Luke chapter 4, beginning at the 14th verse. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free." to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself, and you will say, Do here also in your hometown the things that we heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There was also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. 
And they got up and drove him out of town and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. So to understand what these words might mean for us today, how about we pause for a moment of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, your word. We are grateful for how your word falls right into the midst of our life here as a church. And as we wonder about what it really is all about and that it might be bigger than us, we wonder about what this word might say to us today. So we pray that you will be with these words to come, allow them to illumine the word just read, and most importantly, to point to the word made flesh that we know in Jesus the Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. So, comedian Steve Martin, in his autobiography, Born Standing Up, tells of the time when he was early in his career performing at Vanderbilt University. The show took place in one of the university's classrooms, and there were about 100 students there to see him perform. And when the act was over, Steve Martin thanked them for coming and then began to gather up his props to leave, and he noticed that the audience was not leaving. They remained seated in their chairs. They remained seated because they were not convinced the show was over. Martin said, uh, it's over. And they continued to sit, and this time they kind of chuckled a little bit because they thought this was just a little bit more of the act. Uh, no, really, he said, the, the show is over. You can leave now. More laughter. Now, the only way to get out of this classroom, he had no side doors. He had to go right through the middle of the crowd in order to get to the back door. And as he did, he decided to ad-lib a little comedy. And the students thought this was great. So when he got to the door of the classroom and began to leave, they all got up and began to follow him. And thinking that this was a part of the act, so Steve Martin began to lead them out of the classroom, down the hallway, down the stairs, out the building, and into the campus. And sure enough, they all followed behind because they thought this was more of the act. And they began to walk through the campus of Vanderbilt University, and they came across a, a swimming pool, an empty, drained swimming pool. And Steve Martin said, oh, okay, everybody into the pool. And so they all jumped into the pool, and, and they began to find out what they were going to do in the pool. And Steve Martin said, okay, well, uh, uh, you're the water, and I'm the swimmer, and I'm going to swim now on top of you. And sure, they knew exactly what to do. They passed him hand over hand over across the pool as he did the crawl. Steve Martin does not tell us how he ultimately brought that show to an end, but there is something to be said, right, about a show that, that continues out the door. I had that experience years ago when I went to an off-Broadway play in New York City, a play called Tony and Tina's Wedding. Some of you may have gone to see this performed, actually, in Midtown Manhattan in a church. And when you arrive to the show, you discover that you are one of the guests at a wedding, Tony and Tina's wedding, and you are treated as such. You are expected to sort of take on the character of a wedding guest, and you sit then through a wedding ceremony that's done very comedically. And then when the wedding is over, you are invited to go to the reception. And sure enough, you, the audience of the show, let out of the church, down 46th Street, cross 9th Avenue and over to the reception, which is taking place at a local restaurant. It's a very strange experience to think that you've gone to a show, but now you're walking down the clamor and chaos of 46th Street in Midtown Manhattan. There is something to be said about a show that continues its way out the door. 
I'm not sure what Jesus had in mind when he took his show, or should I begin, should I say, began his ministry in his hometown of Nazareth. That's what we just read about today. Jesus begins his ministry back in his hometown, sort of his home church, his home synagogue. This newly trained rabbi has come to his home synagogue, and they asked him to kind of step forward, do a little teaching, or in our sense, preaching. And Jesus reads from the Hebrew scriptures, uh, from the Isaiah scroll, where it says, the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, had the show ended there with Jesus just reading from the Isaiah scroll, then things probably would have ended up all right. But Jesus goes on to say to his hometown congregation that the truth is that what God might be up to might be more out there than in here. That the show continues out the door and reminds them that in their very own scriptures, there are these stories where God does amazing things in the lives of Gentiles, the widow at Zarephath and the Syrian leper. Guess what Jesus suggests? God isn't bound by the walls of this theater. The show, he says, continues out the door, but this time the audience is not laughing. The audience is ticked. They're mad because they want the show to be here. They're mad because they want their religion to be bound inside their walls. But Jesus says, no, outside. And they say, well, we'll outside you, Jesus. And they grab him by the collar, drag him outside of the, out of the synagogue, take him to the edge of town. And as we read, take him to the edge of a cliff with every idea how they're going to end this show. They're going to take this guy and throw him off the ledge. But according to Luke, Jesus passed his way through the crowd and made his way out the gates of Nazareth and to another town. There's something to be said about a show that continues out the door. And that, of course, is precisely where Jesus, right, does most of his ministry, right? He he does it outside the doors of the synagogue. He goes down to the shores of the Sea of Galilee. He goes over into the corners of town where the tax collectors and sinners are hanging out. He's up in the red light district where the prostitutes are doing their thing. He's, he's down in the valley of the lepers with the untouchables, with God forbid people who would end up in the synagogue. He's with all those folks who weren't allowed side inside the walls. That's where Jesus takes his show. So it should be no surprise to us that when after Jesus' resurrection, the disciples, the apostles, are all huddled up into the same room waiting for the promised Holy Spirit, it should have been no surprise that when the Spirit came, Luke says, it came as wind and fire, and Luke tells us it blew them out the door because there's nothing like a show that continues out the door. You know, one of the great shifts that's taking place in our society today is that fewer and fewer people are inclined to step through those doors into this place. Fewer and fewer people. Fewer people are convinced that in order to find God that you need to go to a church, and especially on a Sunday morning. Fewer and fewer people think that church is even 
a relevant thing. When I grew up, I drove by a building with, a, when we drove by a building with a steeple on top of it, I called it God's house. As children, we wondered that that may be where God lived. But we know better than that, right? We know that God lives in the world. God is active in the world. God is with all people. God is with the poor and the oppressed and the captives and the blind. God is doing God's thing out there. Now, don't get me wrong, of course. God does God's thing in here, too. The world needs a place of sanctuary. The world needs its holy worshiping places. The people of God need to be gathered up to worship. The word has to be preached. The glory of God must be expressed. Sacrament must be served. This is and always will be, right, the beginning place of the people of God, but there is nothing like a show that continues out the door. Hundreds of you, many of you know this already, those of you who walk out these doors and head right back here into the campus center to tutor a child or two, or those of you who walk out the doors and volunteer over at the food pantry and, and hand out bags of groceries, those of you who walk, walk through those doors and travel to Honduras and Nicaragua on our mission trips, those of you who walk out out these doors and swing a hammer for Habitat for Humanity, those of you, and God bless you for this, those of you who walked out these doors and showed up at the Hanukkah service at Temple Sinai a couple weeks ago to show solidarity with our sister congregation who had been vandalized with anti-Semitic symbols, those of you who walk out these doors and help us with the day of hope, caring for children as they get ready for school, those of you who walk out these doors and spend evenings with homeless families for family promise, there is nothing like a show that continues out the door. I'm sure that's what Deborah Little had in mind. Deborah Little is a woman I met not long ago, well, a long time ago, I should say, while I was on pilgrimage in Ireland. She was in this group that was traveling with us, and in midlife, she felt a call to pastoral ministry, went to seminary, prepared for ordination, when one day she passed by a homeless person who was sitting on the stoop of her Boston apartment, and it dawned on her that she would never find this person inside her church. So she thought up all the reasons why she should not be about a ministry to people on the outside until finally one day she said to herself, well, how about we try it today? Maybe not tomorrow, but I'll try it today. So she bought two cups of coffee, went over to a nearby park, found a homeless man sitting on a bench, sat down with every butterfly in the universe fluttering in her stomach. She sat down next to this homeless man, and after a moment, she handed her him one of her cups of coffee. And then she just sat there. And after a minute or two, he turned to her and said, so how are you today? And that was the beginning of her ministry to people on the outside in what became called the Common Cathedral, a park ministry to homeless folks and their friends that began after that with handing out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and made its way all the way to the bread and the cup of the sacrament and God and the gospel being preached in deed and word. Said Deborah Little to me, one thing I took from Jesus was that if you wanted to learn about God, hang out with poor people. There's nothing like a show that continues out the door. 
So a little bit ago, we got to take our show literally out the doors of the sanctuary. We got to exit through all of our doors, and we got to be out there in the back 40, and we got to break ground for this place, right, this facility for people who may not be inclined to show up here on Sunday morning to meet us in here, a place to help us meet people where they are, a place for families and youth and children, a place for older adults to come and have recreation and fellowship, a place for all the people of God to be connected, body, mind, and spirit. People who can, we can meet right where they are so as to introduce to them the one who meets all of us where we are, the one who leads the parade out of the synagogue and into all the corners of the world, the one who fills this place even today with wind and fire, blows open the doors and looks to see what we are going to do with this show outside. Go, Jesus says. This is not, not just to this building and that building on this campus, but go to wherever the Spirit leads you, your neighborhood, your workplace, your family, to children half across the world. Go, he says. Get out of here. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. Go, Jesus says, because there is nothing like a show that continues out the door. Amen. Amen. So, um, I'm wondering, where might you take your show on the road this week? I'm going to go first. I have a neighbor who was a little upset with us that we parked a little bit on their grass when we had a party. Of church people, by the way. And we had this sort of, I'm like, that's what you're talking about? Was that and so we've had this little thing so I'm actually a little bit challenged today and wondering about how I might be able to take that love of God with me to every encounter I have with this neighbor what about you anybody got an idea where they can take this show on the road <laughs> you get your show on the road up there I'm, I'm getting you time to get up there <laughs> anyone else you got an idea of where it could go Yeah, Sue. A lot of people in nursing homes need visitors. In nursing homes with visitors. Thank you. God bless you. Oh, my gosh. We have plenty to pick from, don't we? Miss Carol. Oh, right at home in your family. Haha, <laughs> what a concept. Yeah, we'd start practicing that at home. Yeah, Dan. At five o'clock right here. Thank you. That's great. Where else? Yes. Joy in our youth. Joining our youth. And they're uh, teenagers coming out of foster care. Oh. So we're buying kits for them to go into apartment living. How wonderful. So joining our youth, buying kits to help them go into apartments if, as they've been homeless. Or needing that extra, yeah. Thank you. I would love that information. Thank you. Anything else? 
I know there's other things swirling in your head and thank you for that and moving in your heart and that's what God calls us to do, right? To get up from this place and to go out there with this love of Christ that we are just called to share. It is so big, we can't keep it to ourselves. So that's really the beauty of the gospel. It's the beauty of being brothers and sisters in Christ and I can't imagine a better place than to start right here in the week, get filled up and then take it out there. And if you pray for that, we'll get lots of opportunities to practice is what I've discovered. So I learned this cool thing in um, seminary this last week. So to start a prayer, I'm going to say uh, 